0: y'all <laughs> ready for this
1: time's up let's do this we're in for a wild night.
2: welcome 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 everybody to episode 127 of born to be wild a wild exclusive hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends talking about the wild format of hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community i'm your host as always nate wolf it is great to be here Uh, for not too much longer uh from the portland oregon area i've got about two weeks left here and then we are headed down south to uh sunny southern california so uh my time is short um but but i'm not going anywhere (laughs) the end is coming (laughs) it's got the gold (laughs) fever yeah (laughs) i knew it Uh, (laughs) but it is a beautiful fall friday evening here and um uh, i've got the uh the senioritis super bad like what do you do the last two weeks of of work like after you put in your notice right i i'm trying really Nothing. hard
3: <laughs>
2: i'm trying so hard to to like be present um not doing super great at it but i'm trying <laughs> uh, anyways i'm i'm excited to be back uh joining everybody tonight and um here with three of my favorite people because we are doing a lore episode tonight which is very fun but uh, before we jump into that let me say hello to my friends here hydralisk welcome back how are you tonight
0: thank you i'm doing great back in front of the camera and the microphone i was just finishing doing that at work today Uh, we had one of our quarterly all hands meetings this is introducing it to the fourth quarter and apparently hr has decided that i speak at this thing every time now i
2: will oh. buy you golden packs if you put on the voice mod and do your work presentation in auto tune i
0: was considering <laughs> it so hard this time because i was thinking i actually thought of that of all the things that i could have done uh yeah you're maybe. like you're like
2: hello everybody
4: welcome to the news, <laughs> the news is so- good you probably get a raise
3: (laughs) (laughs) the quarterly profits are so good yeah yeah oh my
0: gosh that would be amazing Um, but yeah so and it's great because i know that there are like you can look on like microsoft teams and there's usually between 100 and 200 people on the on the call when we do the all hands and uh you kind of get a little nervous but i guess this podcast thing sort of helps with that it's helped and me a everyone, lot actually yeah yeah everyone at work's like you did so good how'd you do so good i'm like i don't know because i talk with my friends about hearthstone every <laughs> single friday it sort of sort of helps because they just say you don't sound nervous and it's like well i mean we just do this every single friday so it's not that big of a deal i just have to avoid making Hearthstone references. When I'm talking about uh, geotechnical
2: stuff, <laughs> so you're starting the meeting and you're like, uh, time's up, let's do this. Oh my gosh. I
0: could do that. I actually type jobs done a lot in, in our Teams chat, like all the time.
5: <laughs> as, long as you don't start like trying to explain things in Hearthstone terms, like, okay, so if we can just got quarterly ports in, I think we can really hit legend this year or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah no i'm doing i'm doing great and i'm happy to be here it's always great when we have goliath on and i get to learn about all the fun stuff that i play with so it's gonna be sweet sheep how about you hello
1: (laughs) i also exist
2: (laughs) sorry i was trying really hard to not say
3: that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) she also exists yeah like it's it's wild here. It, it's it's actually getting like cool. It was like in the forties today. It, it like the leaves are actually changing. Like what that's hot. What? what is going on?
0: Oh wait, Fahrenheit. I forgot. For,
3: for Forty Fahrenheit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very different from <laughs> Celsius.
2: Oh
0: gosh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so wild. Like wh- what is going on? Oh my gosh. I, I, I wore a hoodie today. It was great. <gasps> Loving it. Absolutely loving it. And so Was this it, is, uh, is, is this your first duality? <laughs> Not yet.
2: Is this your first <laughs> uh fall in the new state of Colorado? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I've been, you know, different places during, during the fall before, but this is my first like living here during it. So yeah, nice excitement about the,
0: the weather. Isn't like ridiculously hot all the time. <laughs> I, uh,
2: that's, that's what I'm going back to. I think, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
3: It, uh, hey, it's a big adjustment. It's a good one. Good times. <laughs> it's a
2: great one. I get to follow in your footsteps. I'm asking moving advice now, cause it's been a while for me and to, yeah, I, Seventeen hours in a car with two cats. I can't wait. That's more than two. <laughs> that's exactly two. Oh dear. Well, that's yeah, I don't know. This is it's uh fun times for everybody. Lots of lots of change and um yeah.
5: Goliath, how are ch- you? Welcome back, man. Ch- ch- ah, doing uh pretty good overall. Uh coming at you guys from uh Cascade, Iowa. And uh just funny is you um I've actually just been buying a lot of fruits like from California because it's It's funny because like this is the season like around here, they're harvesting like the corn and the soybeans and all that stuff and things are kind of going down. You don't think the fresh fruit, but apparently over in California where they grow things like pomegranates and plums and stuff. This is like the big season for all that. And so Mm. I have personally been really excited that I can buy pomegranates in the store again. I've just kind of developed some strange fascination with them (laughs) for some reason. Yeah, I I mean, yeah. And their
0: work. They're, they are work you're burning calories while taking it apart
5: yes and if you eat enough of them then you stay down in the underworld forever so <laughs> it's great
3: you're great cool taste tastes great together
5: <laughs> but um yes it's it's been getting uh, colder for me actually just last night i had my first like freeze warning pop up on my phone and stuff and i'm in a hoodie right now and everything for those of you listening uh audio but um yeah i know this is always uh something that i look forward to every time uh set comes out and occasionally in between when sets comes out if we because we still have an old god series to complete actually you know what? you're right <laughs> now that i think about it but uh um, yeah, I always always look forward to uh, getting to come on here and get the lore master on uh and uh, get on is, my inner storytelling dwarf. Is is, the, is finishing the old god
0: series kind of like tournament mode? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs>
5: You could say that I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the,
3: the difference is we, we we've actually had like at, you know what one sometimes two lore episodes a month whereas tournament mode it's not like there were tangent tangential tournament mode things coming out on the reg too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we'll show them how it's fired. done.
3: We'll do it. We'll finish. Yeah, I believe.
5: we will get. Yeah, we'll do it soon. We'll do it
3: soon. But yeah,
5: today is uh uh fun one was we I think this This is the episode, I think, where... This is the first time that Hearthstone has released a set with characters that are so recent to content they just added to the lore within the past year or so. Uh, Generally, they they tend to go back to uh, some of the stuff that's at least a few years old, but uh, here they decided to uh, jump right in and... uh, Do some of the biggest, uh, yeah. uh, Heads up for everybody we're going cosmic storytelling again uh we're going to have to start before time had a name and all of that stuff again but Sweet. Uh, all of that can wait we have some uh other business we need to take care of first
3: right nate briefly absolutely so for those of you joining us for the first time welcome aboard let me briefly explain how this show works we record this podcast live every friday evening here on twitch.tv slash born to be wild hs uh, that's the twitch channel url the video version of this podcast is then posted to youtube shortly thereafter of course this is a podcast audio versions are also distributed to all the podcast apps so however you are watching listening or absorbing via osmosis this podcast today thank you yes you
2: (laughs) (laughs) thank you all so much for being here tonight uh big Shout out to the folks who are joining us live on Twitch. Really appreciate you all hanging out here. Um, And again, I I want to recommend uh, the video version, especially when we do one of these lore episodes, because we will have a lot of visuals on the screen. So if you're one of the audio listeners, um, I hope you enjoy the stories. It should be a lot of fun. But if you want to see the pictures from Hearthstone, see the pictures from World of Warcraft to kind of follow along, um, definitely recommend watching this on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, uh, before we get into the main topic of the show, I did want to say a big thank you to Shokunin, who is the executive producer of our show and also to our patrons, um, including joining us in chat over here, Aramorn, thank you so much for your support and, and, uh, for hanging out with us. It, It means the world. Um, If you are uh, interested in supporting the show, there's a few things that you can do, like um, like and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Um, make comments on the podcast, uh, leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, or your podcast platform of choice helps people find us. Um, If you are interested in uh, having some emotes, we have some cool ones on Twitch. Uh, You can get some for free just by following. There are others that you can get. Uh, by subscribing that is free if you have amazon prime and uh, finally um, we do have some merch that is available on our website a couple pictures here of uh, the schmoopy family wearing some born to be wild merch that uh, they sent us over which is really fun and there are links to that stuff on our website which is borntobewildhs.com and then finally if you're interested in interacting with any of us or you want to learn more about all this stuff just check out our website borntobewildhs.com there's a link there to our discord it's an online community it's free to join we have a lot of fun hanging out chatting with people we share um deck deck lists we share uh, real life stuff we share achievements and again my favorite uh, is the funny username channel my my two favorites of the past week they must have been friends because these two lovely gentlemen and i say gentlemen because i think a female would be too dignified to name themselves i take <laughs> i take big dumps was one and uh poop <laughs> poo man doodoo was the other one <laughs> so uh if you're listening i take big dumps and poo man doo <laughs> thank you for entertaining us <laughs> if you want to see more funny usernames check out our uh, discord channel links on the uh on the website poo i imagine
3: uh, i've been saving quite a few of the those funny usernames to uh to <laughs> post a big dump of them myself so uh <laughs> look forward to that
5: There's, in the coming days
0: i can't Just- to wait to see your sheep dump
5: <laughs> just imagine if those people ever went to a championship with announcers and
2: everything oh yeah here's one uh sheet posted this past week uh wishing poo so in the uh, so in today's uh uh you know Hearthstone match uh world champions we have wishing poo versus poo
4: versus and <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I say it
4: in the dwarf voice. Oh god! Oh, I take big dumps
1: versus
3: ass <laughs> I have no time for games.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> see, see, we're adults here. Over here, born, born to be. Uh, born I generally be hate
5: crude humor, but this is I, hilarious I mean, in an ironic sense,
2: right? Uh, so, a uh, uh, very, very brief uh, little bit of news before we get into the lore. Um, so, the Ladder Reset, it, today is the 7th of October. The Ladder Reset last weekend, and I love it when the first of the month falls on the weekend because that means that like I, I have a... Uh, Monday through Friday type of job, and uh, the first was on a Saturday, and so I got to hit legend over the weekend because uh, instead of packing boxes, I was playing Hearthstone like a bad husband, and I hit legend using (laughs) um, so I came in at rank 32, which is awesome, very happy with that. I uh, had a 65% win rate overall, and I only played one deck to legend, uh, was Reno Renathal Shadow Priest. And so, I'm gonna go ahead and take take credit for those deck lists but uh i stole it from schmoopy daddy who stole it from lorthos uh but we all changed a couple of cards so schmoopy daddy added najak because i think he was missing a card or something like that and then i um i pulled out school teacher and added skulking guys because i kept seeing these due process like mildreds ah. and so i put in geist and uh it's so funny i i yeah, of course after I put in Geist I see like none of them. But my final boss was against a uh Renathal Kingsbane. And I pl- and I played Geist and, and like he nuked nine cards.
1: <laughs> Yowza. <laughs> it
2: was all the poisons uh were, were gone and their dagger, the Kings oh, their Kingsbane was a 3-3. Three, three. And it was uh, was like, okay, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, yeah, I I think I secured my 11x. Um, I'll put the deck list in in chat if anyone wants it. It's on Twitter. I got they posted it on Hearthstone top decks, which is always fun. And um, I don't know that I can really take that much credit for the list. Uh, I got the idea to swap in Geist from Memnark, who was also seeing a lot of the uh, the Druids. So uh, it kills Jade Idol. If if you're wondering, that's how they kind of go infinite there. So anyways, um, had a good time. And uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, just kind of hanging out, trying to wrap up stuff at work and do a lot of packing and stuff. But uh, here here we are. So this background you see behind me is going to be deconstructed over the next week or so probably, but I will still be here. I Um, was picturing you while
0: you're packing, getting like a headband with like this thing where you can suspend your phone in front of it. (laughs) so like i am am packing honey and you're like hold on
2: swipe swipe (laughs) (laughs) don't give away my secrets yeah um
3: (laughs) i didn't know you've been playing secret mage i thought you were playing Renathal. (laughs) priest
2: you know what i tried and so i think it's interesting i've seen a couple of like meta hot takes and uh secret mage is is Turning out to not necessarily be the tyrant that everyone thought it would be. Um, I will say uh, what people are predicting and what I've I've seen a handful of tier one is is like the beast hunter or copper hunter whatever you want to call it which that deck is gnarly. I just it's a little bit big brain for me although I think it's getting easier. Uh, the new cards the shade hound is incredible in that deck. Uh, Reno priest they're saying is tier one. I will say from experience the games are super long and there's a lot of decision points and so if you want to climb with it you just got to be ready for like long grindy games the difference investment. with this and like your your old Reno priest is that Reno like the old Reno priest with um Polkelt and you were it had a definitive game plan where you were looking to play raza and anduin and just machine gun out and kill your opponent and this one is more disruption and like trying not Mm -hmm. to die and trying to steal their cards and making your opponent miserable which is what priest is very good at but
5: um uh, just so ironic but it is all about healing and stuff you're supposed to make people feel better not (laughs) draw out the misery it's funny so
2: the the games yeah i i don't love this version like i prefer the old one but like you know Lashmupi uh, saying it's kind of a tempo deck, and, and it really is. Um, it just plays differently, but it's it's enjoyable. There's there's a decent like random factor because you're playing Lazul to take cards, you're playing um, uh, Theotar, and, and I saw like Blue Train had this meme uh, finding Theo. Instead of finding Nemo. And, <laughs> yeah. But like we, we did some co-op early on watching um NHL play this deck and, and that was kind of funny because that's the game plan sometimes. It's like you're just trying to disrupt your opponent, but it, it, it works. <laughs> and so the deck is, is strong if you have the patience for it. Um I really was thinking that Secret Mage would would be stronger contender because of the new cards, particularly um objection, which is a really good card, but it i don't know i've seen a few people try the 40 card version which is like eh not quite there i've seen people try the 30 card version like i've just it's not quite there i think um it looks fun i mean then again i've seen a couple of people hit legend with it so uh it's probably your like tier three if i had to guess but i don't
5: know maybe bottom it depends two, I don't on know. the sort of people that you're matched up against like wh- when i did it given my track record of not not being the type of person who hits legend at the start of every month, like some of the people around here, um, it probably doesn't put me against quite as many, you know, High contenders that can instantly nuke it. It's
1: a little. I, I did have
5: some horrible losses when I played. I, I agree.
2: The uh I will say the having the eleven X kind of carries because you get the bonus stars all the way through, and so like I just I never want to lose it again. Um, I really had to push. I think it was last month because my win rate, like I started out the month with a terrible win rate, and I just had to really climb. But I think I'll be okay for now. Probably gonna have to play a little bit less because of moving. So. Um, I'll, I'll play casually in, in my downtime but this is kind of nice to get it out of speaking of legend uh i know someone else that got legend
3: yeah so i was playing uh some standard to uh, prep for thl like you do um and i was practicing some aggro druid it was it was not created by me it was created by the innkeeper this was an autocomplete deck oh my gosh <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> legend
1: yeah. with autocomplete what? druid <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, I did, I, I did, I did seed it with, you know, a couple of cards so that it would, you know, make an aggro druid, but yeah, I, I just let the innkeeper do the rest and wow. then I bought, and then I played it.
5: <laughs> hey, dwarves are pretty smart, you know. <laughs> say,
3: so oh, impressive.
2: <laughs>
5: no, you're just yeah, showing off what, at this point cheap.
3: <laughs> what can, what can I do? <laughs> so, no, that's
0: great. That's amazing.
3: So hit, hit standard legend yesterday um, with autocomplete aggro druid um, with only common and rares. <laughs> I should <laughs> so only commons and rares. So it was it it was really easy to get fully golden there. You know, just already kind of had it by you know the way that I, I opened open up packs and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that was pretty cool. There uh, been playing a lot of um, first quest hunter and then uh, Secret Mage in Wild. And I agree. I, I think that, um, so Quest Hunter, definitely like tier four-ish. Um, it's good, but it's not great. Um, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, kind of my jam, kind of my speed. Uh, but then Secret Mage, I, I think you're right, Nate. It's It's probably about tier three. Like it's it's solid, like it's it's got a very coherent archetype and a very very uh uh kind of solid game plan. If you can but play also, so it can get down. on one
2: with a secret, like I feel like the tempo, you know, if you if you can play on curve, it's great, but when you don't draw the cards that you want, like then it's not so great. I don't.
3: Know. Yeah, I so I made my own. I I hadn't really looked at what other people were doing, just kind of seeing what what I ran into, and the the list that I kind of came across seems to be. You know really consistent really fun um and i'll keep on jamming that and kind of iterating you know like you do um but uh it's, it's a lot of fun i uh, have not quite hit legend in wild yet but i'll definitely get there it's only the seventh oh yeah
2: all right anything else that anybody wants to to share before we jump into um our lore
1: segment here heider you've been i want to share <laughs>
0: I've been playing way too much Mercenaries is what, I have what I've been two. doing.
2: I have two, and I really am having a lot of fun with it.
0: It's been my my go-to. Well, first first of all, at the beginning of the month, I played on Asia and Wild, and I just did the, the Diamond 10 climb. And then after that, I've been, I don't know what it is. I guess I took a long enough break that Mercenaries has been fun for me, especially since you don't have to get the Mysterious Stranger. Oh, right it, it just it so much goes better. into yeah. the next into the next into the next until so you do 18 tasks and then you have to wait till tomorrow sad face but uh other than that which i mean come on 18 tasks for four characters in a day is, is a lot anyway it's, you can yeah. do that easily on a saturday or whatever but on a weeknight that's a little hard to do but it's been i've been just grinding it and i've been opening so many packs. Every single day, I'm opening packs because of task 16, 17, and 18. I'll provide packs, right? Yeah, so,
1: um.
0: so every couple days, I'm opening three packs per character. And so I'm like, I'm not gonna spend money on this, I've got so <laughs> many packs to open. So it's <laughs>
4: Blizzard will hear you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I've been having an absolute blast. Um, though, on NA. I was thinking of, and tell me if you guys have played this, but I was looking at Taylor's list for Mechathune because she was saying that she's destroying some of the main uh, meta, meta uh, competitors with it. So I like Mechathune. Mechathune's fun. I've, I've done really well with Mechathune in the past. So oh, nice.
2: I haven't played it in I'm, a while. So um,
0: I'm thinking of trying out her list. I didn't bring it to the show, but... Uh, I mean, I never
5: even got the card still, but I, <laughs> I I ran into it a couple of times. I had completely forgotten it was a thing, and like I was used to only seeing like a warlock mechathune with the cataclysm, and I can't remember the specifics, but uh I'll remember that some people were putting in classes that I'd never seen it in before,
0: so. yeah, this is Warlock, but it's just different than what I'm used to because I used to I only played it pre the was it blood Bloom that got that got the big nerf? Yeah. Um, that's when I used to play it, and it ran like Hemet and Reno and all that. And I had I just loved it at the time. But uh, it does not look like that anymore. And so I, I want to put some time in to learn the the new current version, even though it's kind of like off meta. But if if what she says is true. And it's killing a bunch of the main decks in the meta. I am down for that. Meta breaker.
2: Nice. Yep. I found it here. It's I just added it to the show notes and dropped it in chat if anybody's interested. So uh, It looks super fun. Oh, you, for sure. You, you would be proud of me. I have not bought the golden packs. I've been avoiding them. Good, Good for boy. you, Nate. Save money. <clears throat> yeah, for the U-Haul. Oh, okay. <laughs> for, the U-Haul. Yes. Yes. for the U-Haul. You need it right
1: now.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did get Burger Uther because, I mean... Like
5: it's burger burger. Uther. Uther. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fault you for that one.
3: <laughs> I did too. He's, he's so perfect.
5: <laughs> I just think if they did like a burger Perian or Anduin or something, they could have had a burger King. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> Sand.
1: <laughs>
3: Blizzard please. Missed, missed opportunities.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a... Uh... Whoops. Oh, dear. Oh, and there's Dairy
0: Queen opportunities.
5: Oh, my gosh. The uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, Sylvanas is the Banshee Queen. We're going to be talking about her in the lore part today. So, have, like, her... And and she already has connections with, like, you know, the undead Frozen Throats. Like, she has, you know, the ice... Right. Make, like, an ice ice cream (laughs) sylvanas and she's the dairy queen
3: they are gonna have to lend blizzard to uh (laughs) hunter for that though (laughs) oh my goodness all right friends well let us move
2: into some lore here then i uh did something a little bit different this time around um we typically have this like right hand little side of the screen which is uh a little bit small for trying to jam a bunch of pictures in and so um have a little bit of a different layout here so hopefully this lends itself a little bit better to the art aspect of things again for those of you listening i hope you enjoy again i would encourage you to try to watch just because it uh then you can put the stories to to the pictures kind of follow along so before we um get into well I, i should say to to kick off the lore segment i think we're going to do a little brief recap of where we left off last time with the shadowlands and so let me move over to this segment here and bring up our map and i will pass the mic over to goliath All previously
3: right. on born to be wild
5: <laughs> well i think i'm going to actually pull out a little thing that i do to open up so uh fun fact about me i actually do Uh, Small little bits of uh, teaching for uh, some kids, uh, like, every other Wednesday night. Uh, But when you have that long in between, you really have to start with, okay, who remembers anything that we talked about last time? Because it's (laughs) been a couple weeks. And this is where we all kind of, like,
2: look down at our feet and, uh, Mm -hmm.
5: like, "Mm." All right. Who remembers anything we talked about with the
3: Shadowland? Hmm. It's where you go when you die. Are you raising your (laughs) hand? (laughs) Stuart, (laughs) Stuart. And then there were the blue people. (laughs) And they they ushered to the different places in this stuff. And there were the different like levels and the sin stones and the, yeah.
5: (laughs) What sheep said. (laughs) Wow. You guys aren't too too similar to my class, honestly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There's always, like, the enthusiastic kid or the one who just tries to piggyback off of them. (laughs) I was that enthusiastic kid when I was little, uh, and everyone wanted to piggyback off me. But, um, yes. So, uh, the basics of the Shadowlands. So, as a quick refresher, the Shadowlands is the realm of the infinite afterlives. Uh, So, any uh, living soul that dies anywhere in the cosmos of the Warcraft slash Hearthstone universe goes to the Shadowlands where they are uh, first they enter the city of Oribos which is right at the center of it and are judged by a being called the Arbiter uh, to decide which is the best afterlife suited for them or that they are suited for. Uh, And then there are, as we said, infinite afterlives, but there are four ones that are kind of like the core powers uh, of the world. Uh, And uh, the one that Sheep was talking about was Bastion, which is where you have uh, Stuart, uh, the steward, the cute little owl people, and the winged blue people known as Kyrians who uh, ferry the souls of the dead to the Shadowlands. You have Maldraxxus, which is the constantly war-torn afterlife which is intended for people who literally live for battle and like they're not happy unless they're fighting and killing something and that's meant to be sort of like the uh the armies to defend the shadowlands from any other cosmic forces uh you have arden which is the nature uh, area this is yeah. the place that is tuned to the cycle of life and death it has a partnership with the emerald dream and it's basically where spirits like wild gods or loa or maybe very powerful druids or whatnot uh, will go and stay for a while before they are reborn along with the the seasons and such and then we have Revendreth, the main setting of the core uh, expansion that we had, of which this is the mini-set, uh, which is ruled over by Sire Denathrius and uh, the uh, the Court of Harvesters, and is basically meant as a way for if uh, there's a soul that is uh, particularly wicked, that it's not suited for any of the other Afterlives, it's sent there for an attempt at some rehabilitation uh, before it is judged to either stay in the uh, Revendreth as a Venthyr, and basically just continue the cycle where it helps purify souls, uh, gets sent back to Orbos to be chosen for a new afterlife, or it if it is exceedingly unrepentant after everything, goes down into the Maw, which is our core setting for uh, our little talk tonight as we go into Maw and Order. Uh, And so uh, let me just ask you guys then, uh, from just looking at the cards in the set, uh, what sort of uh, vibes do you get about the Maw, courtroom puns aside, of which uh, Nate uh, provided some wonderful information from uh, the legal side of things. Just when you look at the the sort of things in the art, what sort of vibes do you get about the kind of place the maw is?
2: Yeah, dude, it's like a dungeon or like prison, right? It's uh, it seems very. There's a bunch of guards that all look like Sauron from Lord of the Rings, and the jailer, and like that is not the place you want to go. That's like maximum security prison, right?
0: The, the guy who looks like he's, uh,
2: from fairy tale that we were talking about, Nate, <laughs> the the blue fire skeleton. Oh gosh. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like if you see, if you, um, I didn't pull it, let me pull it up here, but like, you know, like, uh, Sauron from Lord of the Rings, it looks very similar to the jailer, right? With all the, the armor with the spikes and everything. Um,
1: yeah.
2: pretty, pretty cool cool and pretty scary and seems like an unpleasant place to be.
5: Oh, it is that by design. It is <laughs> basically the hell of the Shadowlands. It is the place for only the worst, most wicked, most unrepentant souls to be tortured for all of eternity. Um, And it just so happens that the guy who's in charge of it is also its biggest prisoner, uh, the jailer. Is the title that he is known by, but his name is Zoval, And uh, he, along with the uh, leaders of those other Shadowland areas that we mentioned, so then you have the uh, the Archon uh, who rules a bastion, you have the Sire, Sire Dynastrius, who is in Revendreth, you have the Winter Queen who uh, rules over Arden and you have the Primus. Who uh, rules over Maldraxis. and they along with Zovald were created by this mysterious race of creator beings known as the first ones who are apparently like even more creative of everything cosmic than the titans were or something they were just kind of uh introduced as a mysterious concept in the lore with the Shadowlands expansion, and information about them has been very purposely withheld to keep them as mysterious as possible. I think partially because they're they're trying to, from a story perspective, fill the niche that the Titans and Old Gods used to have, where you barely knew anything about them. Now we've learned a lot of cool things about them, and it's a great story, but that sense of pure mystery and wonder is kind of gone there. So they're trying to go, oh, oh, but, but there's some, Thing that's even more powerful and created them. And it, it, it's the cycle that you get into when you're writing a never-ending story for a game. I can't oh. really fault them too much for that.
3: I, I have a headcanon for them. Yes. Uh, they were just the first ones that got there. So they said, first!
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then they named themselves that, you know.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, co- cosmic Law. You know, I, uh, that that's the ultimate thing. Yeah. Uh, just
3: 1st that's some cannon.
5: <laughs> and so, uh, Zobal and friends is, uh, we're essentially known as, uh, either the, uh, Eternal Ones or the Pantheon of Death occasionally. Um, uh, the Eternal Ones is more kind of the, the official moniker they go by, but they are essentially the ones who rule over everything that has to do with, uh, where a soul goes after death. And, uh, Zoval, as the flavor text of his legendary card, so helpfully points out, once served the role of arbiter, which means that he was the one who would be sitting on like the big judgment throne and would see every single soul go by. Which you know, to him, the life is you know the in the blink of an eye there, and uh, he. He ran into a little little problem that a lot of uh, Warcraft's villains, both small-scale and cosmic, seem to run into. Where they get the idea that because there are differences among people, because not everything is the same or united together, that it is fundamentally flawed... And therefore, they must break everything in order to remake it as a unified force under their control. Because as Arbiter, Zoval had some mysterious vision, and we have no idea what was in it. But he thought he saw some sort of impending disaster that would doom the entire cosmos. And he's like, a divided cosmos cannot withstand what is to come, without ever saying what he thought was going to come in the first place, uh, because Wizard decided that that they wanted to have that as a big cliffhanger, so that we come back later to learn that mm. part of the story. Um, so can I? Sorry, can I
2: ask a quick question though? Like, yeah is was it supposed to be a uh, like a spoiler or whatever that the arbiter like he was the arbiter cuz Yeah
5: that was not revealed until like uh the second year of the expansion actually <laughs> <Spoiler>. Yeah <Okay. laughs>
1: For those
2: of you who haven't played yet um okay I found I, mean, I found this image online of of the jailer with the arbiter like superimposed and it was i thought it was interesting
5: yeah so fun fact is that the jailer has this big hole in his chest that's actually ask what that was for that's uh so the the arbiter has this uh basically a large orb that is kind of like uh contains the anima and um the sigil so essentially what happened is that as uh, it the one like, principal rule that the Eternal Ones could not follow is, uh, that they could not do, it, that they had to follow, is that they could not return to the place of their creation, which was, uh, a place called Xerath Mortis. It was basically the workshop that, uh, the first ones used to create them, and that generates afterlives. And basically, none of them could return to it, but Zoval thought The cosmos is fundamentally flawed. I shall gather all of the sigils that uh, the Eternal Ones have. It's basically kind of like a a sign of power. And with it, I will be able to open the gate to Xerath Mortis and completely remake the world into one that is under my entire control. And then everyone will be happy and safe, he thought. Uh, (laughs) Because... That's what uh, megalomaniacs always seem to think. Uh, yeah. As I said, this was a problem with uh, Sargeras, the demonic lord of the Burning Legion. His desire to purge all life from the cosmos came from the idea that the universe is fundamentally flawed. Look at these old gods here. We just have to erase everything and i will start fresh again. Uh, Garrosh Hellscream on the smaller scale uh, was like, uh, you know, we you know, uh only the orcs uh should be here. And you know, I'm going to go and uh get this whole horde of orcs that will uh conquer all of Azeroth and unite it, and then we can be strong when the Burning Legion attacks. Well actually that was Rathian's idea and it was a whole other thing. But it it's something you can either interpret as a uh, intriguing motif and reoccurring theme uh, about uh, a fundamental flaw that many villains have, or you can consider it lazy writing. I will <laughs> let you decide uh, why so many of these villains have the same uh, motivations and thought processes about all these. But um,
3: you decide.
5: <laughs> case in point, this was Zobal's way of thinking. But he was stopped and basically put on trial and uh, sentenced by. Uh, his fellow Eternal Ones. Frankly, he was so powerful that they had to wage this whole war uniting against him in order to be able to take him down and uh, then basically uh, chained him down and decided that uh, he needed to be stripped of his power, that he had betrayed and forfeited his office as Arbiter, and that he would be cast down into the Maw. Um, And so they ripped out his anima. So anima is basically like the energy that powers the Shadowlands. It is the essence of a soul. And uh, it's what, like, the more anima that you have in the Shadowlands, the more powerful you are. And they took uh, that sigil, his sign of his power, and his anima, and they used those to construct a new arbiter. So uh, the Arbiter essentially has like that orb and stuff that fits exactly into the hole in Zoval's chest because it's all things that were actually taken from him and just kind of constructed to make a better Arbiter, which is kind of a bit more robot, but it's also not. Uh, it's kind of confusing. But <laughs> at any rate, mm-hmm. the uh, in order to restrain him, The Primus, who's that guy who rules Maldraxxus, he literally had to create an entire new kind of magic in order to restrain him which was called the language of domination and basically it's written in these runes and such it works in such a way that it restrains a person and controls them by interfering with their sense of self uh, by kind of like preventing you from realizing who you are and interfering with your will being able to control what you do sounds Um, scary Oh, it's very scary, honestly. Uh, it's scary because not only, uh, well, it restrained Zoval for a time if he was cast in the Maw, and he's, uh, heavily chained down, and those runes are literally branded into his flesh. But after eons, he managed to break his chain, and after eons more, he learned to take the magic that bound him and turn it into his own weapon. He became the master of domination and, uh, plotted long ranging plan where he was, he still thinks that he is in the rights and that, you know, uh, he was unfairly cast down and like his power usurped. He's like, I'll get them. I'll show them all. Uh, like I'll get you eternal ones and your little dog too, or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, um, so he became master of his, his domain. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, Set about the plan of essentially trying to get as many souls into the Maw as possible uh, In order to turn into his army Uh, Because the more souls that are in the Maw, the more powerful he becomes Uh, Which Mm. is uh, Where we're going to get where he's looking for a few allies uh Well, not allies, more like people you can directly control so far, because it's kind of the nature of domination. So here's the really cool thing here. You guys know Frostmourne, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And the Lich King's Helmet, the Helm of Domination. Mm-hmm. They were crafted by the Jailer. Whoa. <coughs> and given... Oh, it gets even better. Uh, They were extracted from the mines of the Primus, uh, who had created domination in the first place because uh, the primus suspected that something was amiss in the maw? He went down to check it, but the jailer caught him and chained him up and stole all his memories, <laughs> including how to make really powerful weapons. And so by doing that, he crafted Frostmourne and the helm of domination. Save
4: them. Yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me because I was looking at the jailer's um, staff or weapon that he's <laughs> holding, and it has. A lot of similarities to frostborn yeah it looks like it, it the same design but not the same weapon earlier i was trying to compare the two to them. i'm like is he holding frostborn no he's not he's holding something else but it was created by him so that's why it looks the same that and yeah. all, all the
2: runes that are like all over like if you look at the picture of the primus those runes look just like the ones that are on frostborn
5: Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that exact type of uh, magic and such. It's the idea of like a language of the cosmos that is so powerful that to speak or write it is to alter reality, which is uh, a fun thing that fantasy does sometimes. Like it's the idea if you've ever played uh, Skyrim where they have like the dragon shouts. That's the idea in that uh, game world where like it's a language that's so powerful it literally turns into fire breath or something. That this is the a similar concept except it's a lot scarier because it's all about mind control basically. And uh yeah, so uh you remember how in the previous episode uh, when we talked about Sire Denathrius, uh, do you remember us talking about uh, the Nathrezim, the Dreadlords? Yes, yes. What do you guys remember?
3: So they um, were... Oh my gosh, now that you asked, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I remember in particular that the Dreadlords like, really had a big part in the corruption of Arthas. Um, mm-hmm. into the Lich King, uh, for sure, and um, what's his name, uh, Mal- Malganis uh, in particular is one yeah. of them, communicating with Kelthuzad, and um, I, I mean, if like, gosh, it wasn't too long ago that I had gone through and played Warcraft three, and you see like, uh, Arthas just go off the deep end, and you know, whispering in his ear, he's got um, you know, the Dreadlords and Kelthuzad and uh, the whole transformation into the Lich King, but um, the the uh, about the dread or the like the dreadlords in general i don't remember a ton of specific
5: the dreadlords uh or the nath as their their proper racial name were created by sire denathrius denathrius yes. nath regime as the ultimate spies and infiltrators and saboteurs and oh, yeah, they uh, could change
2: their shape huh right that's what we talked mm-hmm,
5: about yes Yes, that's something It's very much something they can do. Uh we'll get back to that a bit more towards the end, actually, because it's relevant uh for one of our legendary cards in the set. But um essentially, uh so we remember that Denathrius was kind of secretly always working with the jailer. And uh so the whole idea was that he kind of faked the Dreadlords getting exiled out of the Shadowlands as a way that they could become his agents in the physical universe. And uh, the way that uh, most of them did that was by joining the Burning Legion and kind of manipulating events and so on so that uh, they could uh, get access to influence some people who might be able to push events along a bit. Um, for example, uh, the Lich King was actually created on the orders of the Demon Lord Kill Jaden, uh, who, fun fact, used to be one of Ellen's best friends. That's a whole other story there that we can uh, talk about someday. But um, basically, uh, there had been this orc named Nirzul who was a shaman, and uh, he had been uh, well. Basically, he died. Uh, while he was trying to do some work uh, with uh, the Legion invading Azeroth and all that. And uh, Kill Jaden was really upset about that. And so he decided that he was going to kill and torture uh, Nirzul's soul into the first Lich King, imprisoning and binding it to the Helm of Domination and Frostmourne, which Kill Jaden did not know uh, were from the jailer. They were provided by the Dreadlords like, hey, boss look at what we made slash found this totally is only serving (laughs) demon burning legion interests totally no other cosmic force that wants to uh push events in their direction um and uh basically the lich king was created uh actively by the demons with the intention of creating the undead scourge that would weaken azeroth and prepare them for a demon invasion but uh from the jailer's perspective it was going to be a tool an agent through which he could directly use the power of death to influence the world however Ner'zul as the lich king uh turned out to be a bit too weak-willed for the jailer's taste not really an ideal tool uh so uh kind of kind of like always like the whispering in the back of the head of anyone who has the helm of domination on is taking on the role of the lich king um, basically the, uh, the Lich King decided that he needed a champion because actively he wanted to not be a slave to the Burning Legion anymore uh, because they had sent all those dreadlords to be his jailers. And uh, so like Malganus and Balnazar and all of those uh, characters, that's where they come in. And so with the lores we have it now, you have this all of these different players who are trying to influence events you got the legion that's trying to use the lich king just as a tool an army in order to weaken things for their own invasion you have the jailer who is trying to whisper in the back of the mind of the lich king in order to Do like, death shall rule everything. And you have the Lich King himself who just wants to break free and rule everything on his own. Which, no matter who wins in that three-way struggle, it's bad news for your average Joe. But, um... That's, that's kind of a, the Battle of Wills going on there. This is where Arthas comes in, who had been kind of selected by the Lich King as uh, the perfect champion. If he could just corrupt this paladin and get him into a service, he would be the perfect weapon to break him free. And that, exactly how that happened is a very involved story that's the entirety of warcraft 3 and the throes and throne expansion and therefore we do not have time to talk about its entirety <laughs> uh much as i'd like to but we, we would end up like the same length as your old uh set card reviews
1: Hi <laughs> <laughs> uh, hours, hours
0: later No, I changed my mind. (laughs) Thank you.
5: (laughs) All right. Uh, And yes, so uh, basically all you have to know here is that um, Kel'Thuzad is a major player here where he uh, is this necromancer who Arthas is hunting down and kills. And then through manipulations of dreadlords like Mal'Ganis results in... Arthas ending up uh going to try to chase him to uh the continent of Northrend uh luring him to claim Frostmourne become a death knight get corrupted all of that stuff he becomes a servant of the Lich King um one of his first uh, jobs assigned by the Lich King is that he needs to take the remains of Kel'Thuzad, the guy that he killed, and resurrect him into a lich so that we can get him back and active serving the Lich King again. Um, the only thing that has enough powerful magic to resurrect Kel'Thuzad into like the ultimate super powerful lich form the Lich King wants him as is this place called the Sunwell which is located in the blood elven city of Silvermoon. Well, actually, back then, they were just called Hial. Um, And basically, Arthas is like, okay, time to go in and lay waste to that city, and we can use that uh, Sunwell in order to uh, resurrect Kel'Thuzad. And so they go invading. And they run into some fierce resistance from one particular elf uh this elf is uh the ranger general uh a very prestigious position in the uh high elven military and her name is sylvanas windrunner yep and uh this is the story of how she died and then (laughs) got raised and then later died a few more times then kept getting raised and uh
3: she basically she she got better
5: yes but not really no (laughs) no He was such a thorn in the side of Arthas, harrowing him every step of the way, that when he finally got her, he's like, the last thing you deserve is the peace of death. I will make you suffer as much as I can because you annoyed me so much while I was <laughs> tr- all I wanted to do was invade your kingdom, lay waste to your entire civilization, and use your most sacred font of magic to resurrect an evil witch. Is that too much to ask but no you had to get in the way said ours this is so honest,
4: just my... one
3: pepsi and i couldn't have it just one pepsi <laughs> all i wanted was a pepsi exactly <laughs> hydra knows what's up <laughs>
1: yep
5: <laughs> so uh, she was uh, killed. And then what's interesting is that so for Frostmourne, it shatters the souls of those who it kills. Uh, a part of the soul was frozen in time, basically Sylvanas as she was at the moment she died. That's kind of sword and morn slash sent to the jailer. Uh the other part of her soul was yanked out of the Shadowlands in excruciating pain and raised up into a banshee. Now what's important is that at this point she is just a pure spirit. Banshee but the wailing scream and all of that stuff. Uh, and her body is just tossed aside. Uh, she later reclaims her body. So that's why she, she has physical form. Essentially, as we see her for World of Warcraft and in the Hearthstone, she is basically a ghost who is possessing her own body. Technically, she has the power to leave it and possess other people if she wants, which is the logic behind, like, the mind control, death rattles and everything, and also powers that she has if you play her in Heroes of the Storm. Um, But she doesn't like leaving her body vulnerable. So she tends to just like to stay in it if she can. And honestly, I can't blame her. I'd probably feel the same way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And uh i'd say that let's see sorry i almost lost track a bit oh yes yes sylvanas uh so again very long story she does a lot of stuff but the spark notes for our purposes is that eventually she manages to break free of arthur slash the lich's king's control after ironically enough illidan stormrage uh, tries this long-distance uh, magic blast wave on the Frozen Throne that is causing a collateral da- a lot of collateral damage and is actually stopped by uh, Tyrande and Malfurion. Um, but he manages to uh, crack the Frozen Throne enough that the Lich King's power starts leaking out and... Uh, That allows uh, the control over all the undead to lessen, and so some of them start getting free will. Uh, Sylvanas is one of them, and she's very much, okay, yeah, great to have free will again. Uh, Let's uh, break free of control. And uh, basically she ends up uh, after... Arthas and Kel'Thuzad are kind of out of the picture for uh, various reasons, mainly Arthas merging with the uh, Lich King and becoming the new Lich King, and uh, Kel'Thuzad is kind of going off on his own business with uh, Naxramus. And uh, Sylvanas uh, takes over as the ruler of the undead who now have their free will, and uh, they call themselves the Forsaken. She had uh, be- no
0: time for games.
5: Yeah, no. <laughs> Honestly, um, out of a serious sense of her need for self-preservation, she uh, tried sending ambassadors to any of the larger factions, both the Alliance and the Horde. Unfortunately... um, the alliance did not know that the undead who were approaching were free-willed uh, individuals who were seeking to uh, make a deal, and thought they were just more scourge that was coming to kill them. So it's a trap.
1: <laughs> yeah,
5: um, the horde was uh, more accepting, uh, mainly because actually of um, our druid hero uh, from uh, the barons, High Rune Totem. Uh he was actually like, you know, these guys deserve a chance. And he made the case to uh the whore that they should be led in, and that's why the undead are a horde race instead of just their own thing when you play World mm. of Warcraft. Yeah, it's um it- it's interesting. That the Torin of all people uh advocated for this. But uh, it, it, they had a lot of uh, compassion about it, and at this point, the Forsaken are uh, and Sylvanas are pretty sympathetic, honestly, because they're just trying to survive. They didn't ask for any of this. They've been put through horrible torture, and um, but but unfortunately, uh, in that that sense for self preservation. kind of starts to evolve into like a war against the living humans in the (laughs) area as they keep trying to expand their territories and stuff. (laughs) And slowly they become more and more of a overall villainous faction. Not to say every undead is evil by nature, but the process of being resurrected through uh, necromancy tends to leave you numb to both your senses and to positive emotions. It is much harder to feel things like love and compassion when you have been resurrected in this uh, way. Uh, And that's actually one of the reasons why the light is so damaging to undead because it brings back the senses. The light is restorative by nature. And so if they're hit with the light, they can suddenly smell how rotten they are and oh, they can feel boring. pain again and like all those things that are might <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shall it. burn you yes, exactly <laughs> and that's, that's why it does uh, because it, it is an un, unnatural state that they are in and yeah, that, that's what happens uh, when you put those things together but um, essentially uh, it, the Lich King eventually made his move uh, to try to conquer Azeroth with the Scourge for himself. Arthas as the Lich King was another failure for the Jailer because he was uh, a bit narrow-minded and very much pushy. He's like, nope, you're not controlling me. I'm gonna rule things my way here. And he was just all about his military conquest and apparently didn't even tap into the full power of Frostmourne, which considering the damage that he was able to do says something about how powerful Frostmourne actually is. Um... But eventually, we get the whole expansion of Wrath of the Lich King, in which a lot of things happen, and uh, that's all we can say about that for time. And uh, But eventually, the Lich King dies uh, with this really cool scene of uh, Tyrion forging with the Ashbringer, shattering Frostmourne, and... Uh, all of the souls that were trapped inside take their vengeance on Arthas and uh, undo him. And then uh, he gets uh, sent to uh, the Maw through I love uh, the flavor of the,
0: the death rattle of uh, Frostborn for that. Yeah. Like the actual card yeah everything that it destroys
5: pops out exactly because you you trap the souls and then they come out um and uh the thing is that sylvanas i like that sylvanas hated arthas more than anything because he's the whole reason that she is you know undead and stuff and uh she really, really wanted to be the one to kill him, but she wasn't there. And so she kind of got depressed, like a bit unfulfilled about that. Uh, but she, she actually kind of went up to Icecrown, to the place where he had died, and uh, felt that, eh, I guess my purpose is fulfilled now. I guess I'll uh, commit undead suicide. Uh, so she jumps off of the enti- the precipice of Ice Crown to impale herself on a Serenite spikes at the bottom, which Serenite is actually the blood of Yog saron in a mineral form that uh, Ice Crown Citadel was constructed out of. And yeah. uh, by impaling herself on those spikes, uh, then she uh, that that's the thing that's uh, strong enough to kill her and she dies um, and this is where she is going to meet the jailer and things are going to change for her but uh, before we get into that I think it's time to have maybe a little intermission we've got a song for everybody as usual alright <laughs> yeah
2: let me pull it up I have not listened to it yet so I'm very excited uh, I think everyone should be able to hear it play it here the song
1: No time for games. Ooh, ooh, death
4: rattle, control their mind. Now you scream, none shall survive. Ooh, see that girl, hear that scream, playing the banshee queen. Once a ranger of silver moon You got killed by an undead goon. Lays again as a banshee Pop it on a string To love brother When you grow free, regain your will You knew who you had to kill Gathered up all the undead Now they follow you That Lich King's moving down And now you have the crown You are the Banshee Queen of the Forsaken Your will is unshaken Banshee Queen Hear the sound of that wailing scream, oh yeah! You control the valkyrie flight, raising the dead to unlock. Who see those fools, Watch that scene, serving the Banshee Queen. Sending trees and breaking laws, sending souls down to the mall, hanging out with the jailer, and the mind includes your rhythm, and when you get the soul. You are the Banshee Queen No time for games Leaving your foes in flames Banshee Queen Hear the sound of that wailing scream Oh yeah You control Valkyrie flights Raising the dead to one life Oh, see those ghosts watch that scene Serving the banshee Queen Serving the banshee Queen glorious <laughs> very good you know, i love it.
0: It, it it made i listened to it the other day when you first said it and i was like wow that's great and then i just got to hear the whole story and then listen to it again and it made so much more sense to me and it was even
5: better <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna explain a few more of the, the latter half parts of it still too but yeah i actually had that one uh kicking in my head for a while in the sense of like oh danji queen dancing queen banshee queen i could probably make something out of that and then they come out with this set and i'm like okay i need to put this one to the top of uh, the the roster here because uh this this is too good of a thematic opportunity to pass up. Absolutely. Uh, I still have one written for uh, whenever we talk about Yogg-Saron. That one is has uh, been waiting for a while. But again, uh, waiting to spring them when they're fully... Uh, w- w- and when it's an episode we're talking about the stuff is what, what I like to do. So yes um does anyone have any uh questions about the story so far before we move on to where things start to get really spicy not really
2: but how hardcore she's like well i guess i'm done here let me just kill myself and i mean part of me thinks that it was like oh well arthas is... job's done <laughs> <laughs> kind of
1: job's done like I, I,
2: I almost thought that she wanted to go to the shadowlands to like meet arthas there it's like get some more vengeance in the afterlife but
3: uh <laughs> you, you, you can't even escape me in death
5: <laughs> yeah no, she, she was kind of like i guess i don't really have much of a purpose now uh may as well you know try to get back to being have a that nice peaceful death that i was denied earlier um but it didn't work out that way uh she was influenced by a few different things uh one of them was that, uh, so, so there are these beings called the Valkyr that, uh, the Lich King had actually created, uh, which have the ability to, uh, they're kind of like inspired by the Kyrian, but the reverse of them because they pluck souls out of the Shadowlands and bring them back to the mortal world, which is kind of how, uh, what's one of the main ways that, uh, undead are raised. And about uh, nine of these Valkyr uh, were working for the Jailer. And they intercepted Sylvanus, And were basically at first trying to convince her, no, no, you don't want to do this. And we're going to show you all these visions because look at all these people that you lead, the undead forsaken. I mean, uh, th- th- all sorts of horrible things will happen to them if you're not there to lead them. And uh, when she still died, then she ended up meeting the jailer who gave her a bit of a, a manipulative story that he knew would uh, kind of sway her to his will. So, I'm actually going to uh, share a couple of his uh, lines here that we have as um, actually, this is uh, excerpts from a book that was written after Shadowlands came out as an expansion with information that probably would have been nice for us to know beforehand because we had no idea what Sylvanas' motivations were working with this guy for, like, the entirety that the game was running. Um, But they cleared it for us uh in the long run. So, yeah. basically, the jailer didn't tell her that his ultimate goal was to remake... And undo and remake all of reality to be under his domination for whatever reason he thought that was completely justified to do uh he told sylvanas that reality was fundamentally broken in that there was actually no such thing as free will he convinced her and he showed her like parts of the shadowlands Uh, where things didn't seem quite just about where certain souls ended up because of the idea that it was the outside circumstances of a person's life that had impacted them and turned them into the person that they were rather than only their own decisions. And, uh, in Sylvanas's opinion, uh, hello there, Nate Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Sylvanas's opinion, this is like proof that, yeah, you know what? The whole universe, this is fundamentally broken. Like, uh, whatever first ones created this or something, they are clearly, you know, tyrants. And we should be able to seize and have completely free will. That, that, that was her goal. And, um, uh, the jailer presented himself to her as being a noble ruler who had been unrightfully disposed and whose power had been usurped and stolen from him. Like the kind of the... Basically, he pretended that he was Aragorn, the whole king in exile thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I'll just uh, read you a couple excerpts uh, from the novel of things that he said to her. Um, He said... I am Zoval. Before I was jailer of this place, I reigned over the realms of death from the precipice of eternity itself. I stood as arbiter over every mortal soul whose brief flicker of life had sputtered out. In an instance, I knew the entirety of their existence. And time after time, do you know what I saw? Fragile beings left to the fickle whims of fate. Their worlds, their kin, whether they were wise or simple, hale or sickly, these things were forced upon them. From the moment they drew their first breath until they exhaled their last, the choice was never theirs. And when their lives ended, it was my duty to decide their soul's fate for all of eternity. From its conception to execution and throughout all that has been, and is, the design is gravely, cruelly, and worst of all, inherently flawed. In many ways, Sylvanus, your story echoes my own. We were both betrayed and broken. I, too, was torn asunder, and I understand well what it is like to feel achingly, eternally, incomplete. See, see, he's pulling that uh, classic manipulation tactic of saying, we're the same, you and I. Like,
1: mm. I- yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Sylvanas, I am the one person who understands you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Where> have <laughs> we heard this story. You sound like a cult leader recruiting teenagers. You oh, know? my
3: yes. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Gaslighting 101. Mm-hmm. Gosh, no, that's yeah. like,
2: that's, I mean, it's just the same story, right? That we heard with, uh, Queen Azira and um,
5: Nazoth, yeah, Nazoth and yeah. Sargeras,
2: and, and all of that stuff. And so,
5: mm-hmm. and at my, first Sylvanas,
2: how the turntables.
5: Once Sylvanas learned that he was the guy behind the Lich King, she at first was like. Oh. It was all your fault. But he's like, no, 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 no. That was Arthas's problem there. I had nothing to do with that. I didn't order that. Uh, but uh, here's another thing that he basically uh, told her that she would need to strip away. like, being. As I said, being undead already makes it harder to have empathy and such. But he was basically telling her to actively disregard all of it in order to bring herself to do the cruel things that would be necessary. uh he said, It is not Arthas you need to be free of, it is your own mortality. Our path will have no place for compassion, the regrets, the guilt of the living. It will have no place for their morality, because it, just like the machine of death, is at its heart flawed. And that flaw is believing that anything is fair. how emo you
0: took it right out of my mouth that was the most emo thing I've heard in a long time
3: (laughs) and I've defeated Illidan I don't know how many times
1: (laughs) Mm
5: -hmm. yeah he said we will remake everything life, death, you will be my side at each step Together we will show every soul that both their lives and the eternity that awaits them are prisons and bring them true freedom. Uh, But the the thing is, why he's telling all this Sylvanas is he says to her that he has lots of slaves. Like, domination is his thing. But after all the Lich King failures so far, he realized that um, he needs... Someone who is his ally freely to serve as an agent in the world. Someone who will actually cooperate with him instead of resisting him. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out that uh, those people tend to make better help. Uh, Who would have guessed? Took him Mm -hmm. eons of existence, apparently. Um, (laughs) But so basically, Sylvanas is a little, eh, I don't know about us, but he essentially is like, here's my card. Uh, when you change your <laughs> mind, let me know. Like not literally, but that's the gist. What he what happened was that uh she bonded <laughs> with those nine Valkyr. And in order to show that uh so that no one of the pantheon of death would be able to detect that uh she was absent from the Maw, uh one of the Valkyrie took her place. That Valkyrie's name was Anhilda. And she is one of our warrior portraits from the rewards trap. So that's her. uh, So they all serve Sylvanas. And so that kind of explains a bit of her uh, dialogue and comments, doesn't it? Oh, how cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she looks
2: like she could kick my
5: butt. <laughs> oh, yes. They are very <laughs> powerful beings. They remind me of uh, uh, like
2: Valkyrie, right? I'm sure that's where the name comes from.
5: Yes, exactly. In fact, uh, it was later expanded upon in the lore. So there is literally a guy named Odin in the uh, World of Warcraft. He's one of those titan Forge that we've talked about a bit before like uh, mm. like the raw card from the uh, Mogu cultist mm-hmm. uh, that he's uh, called a Titan Forge. And there's another one of those that was named Odin. And uh, he actually created the very first uh, Valkyr uh, because he gained the ability to uh, see into the Shadowlands, and he saw those Kyrian, and he's like, that's a cool idea. I want to create an army uh, that I think will help safeguard Azeroth, and so I'll just take the souls of the most powerful warriors to ever live and put them into these bodies I'm going to forge, and uh, that'll be my thing. And then the Lich King saw that, and he's like, that's a great idea. I'll copy the copier and (laughs) uh, made his own Valkyr. stop uh, copying me more evil
1: (laughs) stop copying me
5: (laughs) this makes me want to play God of War again and fight the Valkyrie like they're intense I, I I finally played that this year because it was finally on PC and I was not able to defeat a single Valkyrie. They're hard. Yeah. They are really really hard. But um yes, yeah, so that's uh that that's where that part comes in. And then uh time goes past, several expansions worth of Warcraft material, which again, we shall not bother to talk about because it's not directly related. Although Sylvanas did do a lot of things like invading Gilneas and started this whole beef with Gen Greymane because she killed his son and a whole bunch of stuff like Ooh. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was trying to kill Gen, but his son jumped in front of the poisoned arrow. Y- y- you know, it's, it's it's that self-sacrifice thing, but uh that's there's a particular enmity between the undead and the worgen uh because of all of that. They're like arch enemies. Uh which I think was just an excuse by Blizzard that you could have like zombies fighting werewolves constantly because it looks cool.
3: (laughs) That's pretty cool. Now, every time I play even Hunter, I'm going to have to use the Sylvanas skin, though.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then you're bringing them together. Uh, Yen doesn't like that. But um, so what happened then eventually was that the Burning Legion had another invasion of Azeroth. And this was the start of a series of events that the jailer had prophesied to Silvanus as when the time is right, this will be the sign. He said that the signs would be, um, oh yes, a fiery darkness will return. You must step out of the shadows and leave. A blade will pierce the heart of the world, and you shall hold the blood from that wound and sense its power. And finally, you shall topple a king and shatter the sky itself. That's rather cryptic messaging, isn't it? (laughs) But it all came true, because the Burning Legion was that uh, fiery enemy that returned. And then... When he said, You must step out of the shadows and lead. This is when Sylvanas became the war chief of the Horde. So uh, the Horde went through several war chiefs because, um, well, a lot, of, some of them were bad or retired or whatever. It, it it went through leaders a lot faster than the Alliance did, honestly. Um, but at the time, the current one was our buddy Volgen, one of those earliest uh, priest legendaries. And uh, he was the leader of the trolls, he was the war chief of the horde for a while, but he was mortally wounded fighting against the demons. And while he was on his deathbed, uh, Sylvanas came in and he said, The Loa have spoken to me, and they say that you must step out of the shadows and lead. You must be watching. He says that is the very dying, uh, gasping type of voice in cinematics and such. And um, it was true that Aloa had uh, spoken to him and told him that. But it turned out that this particular Loa was an ally of the jailer, and uh, his name is <laughs> Muzala, the original Loa. Of death, not Buunsamdi, who we have as <laughs> our uh, leader of Buunsamdi Zombies in uh, <laughs> the Priest cards for Rastakhan's Rumble, which is the best name out of all the Rastakhan Rumble class teams. I'll add. You have like we're all Sharks, we're all as Tigers, I'm like yay. But when you have Zombie <laughs> Zombies, I mean that that sounds yeah. like a Let's team. Let's go name.
0: Zombies. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I just did that out of pure instinct. (laughs) (laughs) We're all trained. (laughs) Yes. So Muzala is the original Loa of Death and is actually Bwansamdi's boss. Um, Now, Bwansamdi is... Yeah, he's a trickster. He makes deals and stuff, but he overall has the interests of the trolls at heart Uh, and, you know, actually safeguards them. Muzala is more of a soul-consumer uh, type of uh, death god, and... Uh, he looks intense. That guy's huge. Oh, yes, he is. I, I, anyone who is allied with the Jailer is generally a pretty scary individual, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yes, it, it actually gets to the point where um, samdi is uh, busy uh, trying to save Uh, Souls of uh, the Trolls and uh, the Jailer and Muzala don't like that, and so they have Sylvanas arrange to attempt to literally kill the Loa of Death, Bwonsamdi, which uh, happens in a book, and they don't succeed. Bwonsamdi is still fine. But um yeah that's how much of a uh uh nuisance he uh was to them at times because he was actually being a nice stuff God overall um uh, <laughs> but Muzala is the one who uh arranged uh, basically manipulated Volgen into having sylvanas take the throne of the horde uh leadership as the war chief. and because he used those exact words, you must step out of the shadows and lead. that was what Goddard's like, oh, okay, yeah, that stuff the jailer said is coming true. Uh, I'm better uh, uh, take advantage of that card. And uh, she basically sent one of the Valkyrie to go deliver a message to the Jailer that said, Okay, game on. And uh, the first thing that uh, the Jailer had her do... Was to try to uh, capture and control uh, the queen of the Valkyrie that Oda controlled. Her name is Ayeir, and uh, basically the idea is that so she gets this magical soul binding lantern from Helia, who is another death related entity who uh rules this place called Helheim. Uh so uh you may remember that there are some uh cards that have uh like uh things like sea reaver or um uh, wounded uh what, what's his name? The one that does damage him. Injured Cavalier I think mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. word. Uh yeah, the Cavaliers are basically these uh Viking-like uh, undead who are controlled by this being called Hellya, who also works for the jailer. Uh, surprise, surprise! Wait, wait, wait. The and, name is is what now? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah! Hell yeah!
2: That's great.
5: Yeah, uh, like I said, it's more uh, lifting from Norse mythology. She's basically like Hell, uh, you know, daughter of Loki and all that. Who, yeah. by the way, there is a Lokin who is based off of Loki who uh, we'll talk quite a bit about when we finally do our Yog saron story, actually. That's Uh,
3: low-key pretty clever.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh,
5: So, yeah, basically, uh, Sylvanas gets this magic lantern, and she is attempting to bind all of the Valkyr to uh, her will so that they can be sent and corrupted and uh, further bolstering the forces of the Ma. Um, however, again, Greymane kind of gets in the way of that because, uh, he tracks her down and he has that big, uh, beef with Sylvanas and he breaks the lantern and as he's walking away, uh, he's like, you took away my son's future and it looks like I just took away yours. And... Uh, it would be very fitting Epic. if he put on sunglasses <laughs> at that point, and there was an explosion behind him. But that doesn't happen. It's a yeah. very badass line, though. <laughs> nice. uh, and uh, so that that plan doesn't quite work out. So uh, the the next thing that the jailer tells Sylvanas to do is basically to cause to start a huge war and to cause as much death on Azeroth as possible, so that they can get all of those souls sent down to the maw which will make them more powerful. Because here's the thing. And she's just like, okay, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, like she is dedicated to the cause. She is convinced that anything is worth the price of what she thinks will end all suffering forever. Uh, You know, it's very much that whole... People who think that the end justifies the means tend to end up with very questionable means and not so great of an end. Uh, True. Very true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, so her first thing in order to kickstart this war is to burn down the home of the night elves. Um Rude. which which is I think where they got the inspiration to have that arson accusation card. Oh
1: um,
5: but uh we should also mention before we get into that leg of the story, uh one of our other legendaries, Nathanos, who is uh cool. right here. <laughs> personal champion. Hey. I am quite flattered. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately, uh, this was not a character that was named after Nate, unless... (laughs) he's been in the game for a long time actually he was originally just uh an undead hunter trainer and then they decided to give him a more prominent role uh he was actually in life before sylvanas was killed and raised as a banshee uh he was kind of her student uh the one human who was ever inducted into the ranks of the high elven Far Striders. That was the name of the elite archer group that Sylvanas was in charge of. And by the way, why she is considered a hunter portrait. She has the bow and arrow. She was essentially a master of the bow and life and continued uh, to some extent with that in death. And um, there was a lot of talk and gossip that, uh, frankly, Sylvanas kept saying that their relationship was strictly professional. Everyone's like, ah, she's got a thing for the human. <laughs> hmm, How scandalous, uh, you know. And uh, she may or may not have. It's kind of uh, left up a bit in the air. There's definitely some tension there. But uh, Nathanos ended up getting uh, killed and uh, raised by the Scourge. And uh, Sylvanas was so uh, eager to be able to have him back that rather than the normal case of uh, Scourge and uh, just kind of discovering their free will on their own after, like, Lich King Power was drawn away from them, Sylvanas literally tore him out of the influence of the Lich King. Uh, that had never been done before. She's like, nope, nope, he is mine. <laughs> and she uh, she was so into making sure that he was top, like had reason to be around, that she uh, went through this whole ritual of giving him a uh, more advanced, perfected, uh, undead body. So that's why he looks more like a, a just a pale human with a dark beard and everything, instead of like, ah yeah <laughs> like, a oh, like your typical <laughs> forsaken is doing where they're listening their jaw and all that type of stuff right um, just occurred to me that if anybody opted to clip that uh what i just did there that'll be very strange looking out of context Clipping <laughs>
2: now <laughs> <laughs> i love it well and so that's that makes
5: sense then for the uh the lore perspective for this well why he is defending her. Yeah, he is her champion. He is her yes-man. And according to many in the Warcraft community, he is her simp.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> he is like, anything my lady commands, the dark lady can do no wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, like they, they, they have an interesting relationship where they both frequently deny every any, any sort of feelings because... Like, they're all about being emo and, you know, uncaring undead and all that stuff. But there's something there. They do kind of deep down still care for each other, devoted in that way. Uh, But yeah, that that is Nathanos' deal. Um, And he is actually there right with her when she burns down the tree. So, essentially, her initial plan was just to uh, kick off the war by uh, killing Malfurion and uh holding the Niles under capture and hope that uh, they'll be you know really broken and depressed and it'll you know be uh, a good step to us getting this war going here. But when she saw like the defiance that there'd be even a dying night elf that she spoke to was still holding on to hope and told her, you can't kill hope. She's like, Oh, Watch I me. can <laughs> Can I challenge, challenge accepted? <laughs> and she has them launch flaming catapults with like shaman fire, elemental infused fire brands set the entire magical world tree of, uh, of uh, Teldrassil that the night elves are living in uh, on fire. Completely burns it down. Millions of night elves die here. The rest are refugees who are left homeless. And Tyrande ends up entering her own emo phase because of this, because she hates Sylvanas so much, she ends up embracing, like, the power of the dark side of the moon and becoming this thing called the Night Warrior, and that is also another story. A lot of these stories intersect, um, but, uh, basically, yeah, she does a lot. This is a major, uh, turning point, and... Uh, an- one thing that we need to uh, talk about, have a little flashback into the Shadowlands here, is remember how I said that generally like the souls go in front of the Arbiter, and then they mm-hmm. go to whichever afterlife is best suited for them? Well, that's not happening anymore. Because those pesky little Nathrezim that we talked about a little while ago, while they were members of the Burning Legion, they arranged for... Ah, uh, the planet of Argus, which is the home planet of the Draenei, by the way, um, and also had a World Soul. Uh, do you guys remember what a World Soul is? It's something very important yeah, to Warcraft
3: yeah.
2: cosmology. So it's like the it's like the baby Titans, like sleeping exactly, in the world, right? But it hasn't woken up yet because it doesn't have like the power. But it's like providing the 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 power to the. World essentially, right?
5: Gold Uh, star for Nate. That's that that covers all the bases, honestly. Bam, Azeroth. Um, There you go. (laughs) Yeah, Azeroth has a world soul, and it turns out that Argus had a world soul as well. And through uh, constant like corruption and torture, uh, the Burning Legion uh, turned the world soul of Argus into a respawn for demons. So that uh, demons, unless they were killed in the Twisting Nether, would just uh, have their soul like tracked through Argus and uh, then they would be reborn. And so it was serving as a tool for that. But as a corrupted, twisted world soul, when it was finally killed, and we do kill it as the final boss in the Legion expansion as a way of eliminating the Legion's power to be so endless like you kill them and they keep coming back that world soul went hurtling through the shadowlands and smashed right into the arbiter and rendered the arbiter dormant because of that there is no judging of souls And every Mm. single soul is funneling straight to the Maw. For reasons that I guess the Shadowlands are designed with a better safe than sorry. Don't let anyone who might deserve the Maw go anywhere else without being judged. I guess that the Shadowlands were not designed with an innocent until proven guilty mentality, (sighs) unfortunately. (laughs) Um... But anyway, that's what's happening, and so uh, the reason that the jailer wants Sylvanas to do so much death, uh, causing so much death in this war, is because every person killed is another soul going to the maw. Every soul into the ma makes the jailer and Sylvana stronger, and he gives her n- new uh, death magic uh, ma domination powers. So she's even she can do like even crazier stuff than she could do beforehand. Um, all that and- all that killing, like she's trying to cure the the anima drought. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, no, see, that's actually what's causing the anima drought, because the anima is generated in all the realms of the Shadowlands by new souls coming there. Because all the souls are going to the Maw, the anima is going to the Maw. And, yeah, the drought is actually a part of this whole plan, and the Jailer has his various agents in the other realms of the Shadowlands cause as much trouble as they can to prevent them Mm -hmm. from uniting against him and stopping him like they did that first time. And uh, we as the players in Shadowlands are basically dealing with all those things and actually getting everybody united there. Um, after the uh, what became known as the Fourth War, and sometimes known as the Blood War, ended, um, basically there was this uh, splinter faction within the Horde uh, led by Verox Sarfang, uh, our old uh, warrior legendary buddy yeah. from uh, Barons. Uh, who basically s- realized that this you know, the Horde is supposed to be about honor, and she is not doing anything honorable. She's committing war crimes here and there. Yeah, She can't sneeze without committing a war crime, it seems. That is pretty so, hard. Yeah. So he raises a uh, rebellion uh, against Sylvanas and gains allies in uh, Anduin and Thrall, and basically everybody... Who wants to see savanas gone except her diehard loyalists who are mainly forsaken um in order to uh, prevent too much bloodshed uh rather than raising a full-scale war uh, against savanas's supporters uh sarfang just challenges her to a one-on-one fight uh, which in uh, Orkish culture is known as a makara fight to the death for mm-hmm. honor and um she does end up killing him because she goes like a uh, jailer-powered Super Saiyan and just has this whole <laughs> blast of death magic at him and
3: stuff. But I challenge not... you
1: to makara! Hey, there
3: mm-hmm. we go. <laughs> Exactly. That, that's the Warcraft version of 1v1 me, bro. <laughs> yeah,
5: basically. But before she kills him, he manages to goad her so much that she uh, basically... She, she is a full-on nihilist at this point. She's uh, The emo is like, nothing matters, nothing lasts, nothing points. And she just says like, the Horde is nothing, the Alliance is nothing. Just wait until I'll show you all that this is all pointless. And then she just abandons her position as where she even goes to do more direct work for the jailer um and uh so uh, she's not in charge of an entire political faction anymore no now she is a general of a cosmic faction that uh uh sends her to go to the latest lich king who is boulevard four dragon uh he was uh, entrusted with the helm of domination after arthas was killed uh because Without someone to control all of the undead that were still around, they would just cause a bunch of chaos. So Bolvar's job as the Lich King was actually to try to restrain and hold back all of that undead power. Which the Jailer didn't like that either. He's like, none of these Lich Kings work out. Every single one of them is defective somehow. And uh, the always heard that voice whispering in the back of his head, and he never knew how many of his actions might have been not his own ideas after all while he was uh, the Lich King. But what Sylvanas does is she just goes right up to Icecrown, and with the superpowers the Jailer gave her, yanks the Helmet of Domination off of his head and breaks it in two. And when she does that, the sky above Icecrown Citadel cracks and is a direct portal to to the Maw and uh, this is uh, basically where like members uh, like uh, known as the Maw Sworn uh, are like swooping down and like kidnapping people and bringing them to the Maw and everything uh, including some of uh, Sylvanas' biggest opponents Jaina Bane, uh, Thrall, and Anduin are all captured and held in the Tower of Torghast, the Tower of the Damned. And that's where a lot of the jail motifs that you guys mentioned before Mm. come in. It's literally the biggest prison for the worst of the worst in all of existence within the Warcraft cosmology. Uh, so yeah, it's like, uh, it's frequently said, no one escapes the Maw, because th- there's no way to uh, get back out. Except, of course, if you're a player character, because that's kind <laughs> of a part of the plot there. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, one of the big things is that uh, the Jailer uh, needs a weapon, uh, like, something kind of like the Ledge King, but completely under his control, like complete puppet from to dominate, no will there whatsoever. And he and Sylvanas see the potential for that in Anduin because they need the purest soul possible to corrupt into their ultimate dominated weapon. And uh, uh, Anduin is, as I said, he was captured and he and Sylvanas have a bit of back and forth about stuff, trying to get into each other's heads. And, uh, she eventually decides, yeah, no, I'm going with this. And just, like, basically, uh, through crafting a new, uh, blade, which is the type of sword that the Frostmourne is, where it has the runes on mm-hmm. it and it has the power of domination, crafted by the Jailer. Um, basically they turn, uh, Anduin's sword, Chalamain, which, by the way, used to be Varian's sword, and is the one that he has in that Varian King of Stormwind, the one that splits in two, uh... Mm-hmm. Basically, that sword is uh, corrupted and actually the soul of Arthas is fused into it as the fuel for the dominating power. And Anduin has this armor that's put on him, covered in all the runes, and the Jailer controls every single thing that he does and acts as like a powerful agent to be able to collect all those uh, things that the Jailer needs, those sigils, in order to get into Zerath Mortis. And enact his final plan. Um, this leads to a big raid in the game that is called the Sanctum of Domination where uh, we as players uh, take on some of the Jailer's uh, most powerful forces in an attempt to stop him from getting the Arbiter Sigil, his old power, uh, and being able to break out of the Mon and enter Orbos. Sylvanas is the final boss of that and We don't kill her and she doesn't kill us, but she stalls the players long enough for the Jailer to literally expand the borders of the Maw around Oribos and uh, basically take the Arbiter's power and back into him. And then he gets this really cool upgrade with a a much more interesting appearance, honestly, with a really cool suit of armor. Um, And I believe we have an uh, image of that, correct? Uh, uh, this one, yes, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's kind of what he uh looked like at his uh, fullness. Where he's uh, so we have this image of him with kind of a horned helmet, he's standing in front of the portal that he's created. That's the portal to Zerath Mortis, and it's at this point that he decides to spill the beans to Sylvanas. He's like, Hey, so I know I told you that we were going to just kind of you know, give everybody free will and stuff, but I was actually planning on remaking the entire universe to uh, serve me. So, uh, yeah, you can still join if you want. And she's like, I will never serve and try shooting an arrow at him, but of course, that does absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, uh,
3: valiant effort though.
5: <laughs> yes. Um, and then what he does actually as sort of an ironic punishment for her is he takes that fragment of her soul that was initially sliced off of Frostmourne and was frozen in time and restores that to her. So she has a full soul again, but they're two warring souls because there's The old version of her who was the noble uh, ranger general who only wanted to protect her people. And then there's the Banshee Queen who has had her mind messed with and is a complete emo nihilist at this point who has committed many, many unforgivable war crimes against all of reality at this point. And uh, those two soul parts of her fight and she's basically in a coma uh, for quite a while. Until Uther, or I believe some of you guys like to Bluther. say Bluther, <laughs>
1: uh-huh,
5: who is a Carrion, and actually suffered a very similar fate. Uh, he had... Uh, part of his uh, soul stuck in Frostmourne. And he actually, for a period of time, was manipulated by the Jailer into causing some uh, rebellion problems in Bastion um, because uh, he was still wounded from Frostmourne and, like, literally a wounded soul, and it was kind of... He wasn't thinking clearly. Uh, But eventually he was restored, and he realized that uh, he could connect with sylvanas and it's like he kind of goes into her mind and uh convinces her that yes uh no that 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 monster that that actually is you and you need to be able to embrace and become whole because only that way will you be able to wake up and tell us how we can stop the jailer uh because she has the insider info at this point she's switching sides and actually, now she has blue eyes. They're not red anymore because oh, wow. she has uh, her soul restored. That's how you can tell that she's a little more of a good guy at this point. Um, and uh, she hmm. plays a big role in uh, helping for, um, actually, to get Anduin back. Uh, so he is able to eventually break free of of the Jailer's control. And uh, once they do that, uh, Arthas' soul is just kind of this teensy little shriveled up thing that's floating around is like it's literally been burned up like he barely exists anymore and sylvanas kind of has a bit of a reality check she's like i spend years chasing you hating you and with every selfish act i became you she finally realizes wow yeah i was literally becoming that which i initially fought against like (laughs) finally clicks with her And uh, she kind of finally makes peace with it. And Arthas' soul just shrivels away uh, out of existence and out of memory. And she's like, may everybody forget you. Um, She literally says that. And uh, yeah, (laughs) so Arthas' soul never actually got (laughs) judged. He was actually sent to the mall by Uther, who kind of grabbed him and threw him in there because, again, he wasn't thinking clearly. So he never actually was judged by the Arbiter. So we don't know what Arthas's fate maybe should have actually been. Maybe he should have had a second chance in the Shadowlands, but that was taken from him, and the Jailer just burned him out of existence. Which is a pretty sad story, honestly. But, um, yeah, eventually then uh, the Jailer is stopped uh, as he's attempting to remake all reality. His whole thing with the construction of Icecrown Citadel is that it actually has this thing beneath it called the Forge of Souls that is meant to draw out Azeroth's world soul and use it to power, like, the Forge of Realities which will, of course, allow him to remake reality. But he is stopped there, of course, because he is a raid boss and... Unless they ever make a raid that is literally impossible to beat, if you're a raid boss, it means your plan is going to fail, at least <laughs> to some extent. I'm sure that some of the, these characters, I'm just imagining them self-aware, is like, Hey guys, hey guys, great news, I just got promoted to a raid boss! And then everyone else is like, Ooh, you don't know what that means, do you? You think it's this big honor, but man, it, it means that you're not gonna have really any victories in the long run here. Um, and uh, let's see. yeah, and and actually, as he is uh, stripped away, as we see on uh, our little uh, picture here, you that uh, part where he just looks like he's a robot, that is like the core version of him that was initially like the skeleton he was constructed around in Zaeth mortis by the first ones. And like his entire essence is literally burned away. And like he is unmade in the most literal sense where he's just those basic components uh, that is he's just a, a huge mannequin at that point um and no longer threat and uh, that is the basic story of uh the jailer and sylvanas and all of that trouble that they caused again there are many more facets of the story but we have spent a considerable amount of time already and have just a few other cards to talk about that didn't quite fit into it in the grand scheme of this story so uh what are we talking about first nate uh so we have maltranics here uh, yes, uh, Prosecutor Meltranix. Now, uh, Meltranix is anathrazine, uh, a bit more of the, uh, the, the Reverend Dreth style ones, and doesn't really have much direct story, uh, but she is notable for one thing, and that is that, um, it, as we said, Dreadlords and Athrazine can disguise themselves as anything. Like, they are the mm-hmm. ultimate infiltrators. Most of the time, you will never know that the original person was missing to begin with, uh, who is being replaced. So, this character actually is was an NPC that you buy things from. For a very large part of the base game, before this expansion <laughs> came out, uh, like just a vendor, someone who repairs your gear and stuff, and uh, or, or you can get some, you know, cool items from, and then it turns out, oh, this was a Dreadlord uh, spying on you all along! And does not really do much else? but is kind of notable for that purpose, uh, honestly. Just uh, this character who you thought was just an NPC that you're dealing with is actually a Prosecutor Maltranix. And, and because Nathrazeem are very much about, you know, like finding the darkest things about somebody. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they played a big role in Corrupting Arthas. Uh, you know, that it kind of makes sense that one fits as the Prosecutor in this particular role. Uh, what do we have next?
2: Uh, and these are just a couple of, I, I guess you would call denizens or whatever. So the Afterlife Attendant and uh, Soul Seeker.
5: Yes, yes. So these are uh, just a few. And there's a fair amount of uh, cards in Mon Order that are kind of uh, have various Moss Worn in them. Uh, Moss Worn are essentially uh like basically suits of armor that are constructed and then infused with the twisted remains of the evil souls sent to the maw of course the problem uh with all the souls getting sent to the maw was that the innocent souls were being sent there as well That 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 was the big problem why you have to get souls out of the maw in fact uh sylvanas's punishment after the jailer was defeated because she still had to be held accountable for her crimes uh uh, she was given over to the judgment of Taranda, who sentenced her to spend eternity retrieving all those souls from the Ma for proper judgment that wouldn't be there. Uh, so basically she got an eternity of community service uh, to undo <laughs> everything she did. That's where Sylvanas is right now as the, in the story currently she's, Ashley does feel remorse for what she did. Uh, she basically has to uh, try to undo it all in a very literal sense. Um, so the specific ones that we have up here right now, uh, the... Seeker is a tool by the Jailer that essentially are like the scouts. There is eyes. In fact, there is one in particular called the Eye of the Jailer that is actually Odin's eye that he struck in a deal with Muzala for the power to see into the Shadowlands. The Jailer took that all-seeing eye and uses it to be able to see and control anything that's going on inside the Maw. It's like, it's very difficult to be able to avoid the jailer's gaze uh, when you are inside the Maw, for that reason. Um, Our other character up here is an attendant. This is actually a uh, denizen of Oribos, the uh, circular city in the middle where the Arbiter lives and judges the souls. Uh, We're just kind of showing this because we didn't actually have any of these, as far as I can remember, in the uh, core uh, Revendreth set. And so thought it'd be good to showcase because it's something that uh, we mentioned when we talked about the Shadowlands last time, but didn't really have a card to show. And they essentially are the the caretakers. They just live to keep Orbos uh clean and uh functional and i guess kind of a similar role as the stewards serve in bastion but not nearly as cute and cuddly and uh about uh just about serving and helping out the arbiter um then uh regarding the ma we have uh the fallen kyrian ma Sworn who uh make an appearance in the perjury rogue secret spell um and they are essentially uh like, what well, it says right there? Fallen curian, Kind of a, a Fallen Angel uh, vibe that's going on there. Where uh, rather than ferrying souls to the Shadowlands for proper judgment, they're sent out by the Jailer to just go down and kidnap people and uh, drag them into the Maw. They're the ones who uh, swooped down and kidnapped Anduin and Thrall and the rest. Um, let's see. Then... Oh yes, Uh, Life Sentence is a card that we have that just kind of showcases a bit of that stuff with the maw and tour gas and whatnot. It's very much about imprisonment. Like, chains are a really big motif down there. Like, the jailer literally did the whole my bindings become my power, and he really leaned into (laughs) the chain aesthetic for stuff. Um, You might call him More Than Two Chains. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad you laughed wow. at that. Yes, that
1: was brilliant.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, then did. we have our uh, Shadehound <laughs> card, which uh, this is actually interesting. This is actually a mount that uh, players could get in uh, World of Warcraft from doing certain uh, content related to the Maw. And they are actually created by binding an animal soul uh, to this uh, set of armor and they serve as the mounts and beasts from a certain area in the mall referred to as like the the kennels. Uh that is basically w- where it's the factory that they are constructed in to an extent. Um we also wanted to showcase in uh I think I think one of our overall favorite cards of this set, uh Due Process, which we all like for I think slightly different reasons. Um but I wanted to show this this is uh, another character that's uh We haven't really seen in the card art yet. Uh, This is a uh, Night Fae. Uh, They are uh, denizens of Ardenweald, servants of the Winter Queen. Uh, They're some of those ones who are all connected with nature. Uh, This one in particular looks like one of the main uh, characters uh, named uh, Lady Moonberry, uh, who is an attendant of the uh, Night Fae court and uh, is... Like a really sweet, playful, you know, yeah, kind of like the 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 real nice versions of uh, fairies from fairy tales, like not 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 the the tricksy ones, more just the the ones that like playing in the woods and all that. That's kind of what she is, and uh, re- re- really nice uh, character to be around. And those are all of the extra cards that we wanted to showcase here. Uh, anyone have any further? questions about clarifying elements of the story, any other cards that come to your mind you'd like us to talk about, Uh, I yield the floor
2: so did so anduin was maybe uh, corrupted for a minute but now he's back i was curious if that was going to play a part in the future or if or if that's been it resolved. does
5: play a part in the future because right now he's basically suffering ptsd because he is not he was you know forced to do all that stuff but he's like part of me was enjoying that and i don't know if my hands are fully clean i don't know how much of that was the jailer if i was doing some of that myself and the thing is. It's like he's kind of supposed to go back and be king of the alliance and he is like i don't know if i can trust myself in that type of leadership right now so as we're going into a new expansion which is uh coming out for world of warcraft in just about a month at the time of this recording uh dragon um anduin likely isn't going to be uh, having a super major uh, political leadership role for the Alliance. Uh, Torellian actually has kind of been left as the um, the, the, the stand-in, the uh, uh, regent lord, you might say, okay. while uh, Anduin was indisposed due to being kidnapped and all of that. Uh, someone has to help handle the Alliance. Kind of actually like the role that uh, Bolvar Fordragon helped run back in those days where Virian had been kidnapped by Lady Prastor which uh, we talked about way back in uh the Stormwind expansion and uh Onyxia's lair. Um so yeah, Anduin is back. He is he's trying to take some time to find himself and figure out if he should stay in a leadership role or not. It's kind of where he is at this current point in the story.
0: Uh I have a question. So the the jailer has that hole in his chest because he was the arbiter and had um the anima taken from there right mm-hmm. um, is there any other characters in warcraft lore that kind of that have been the arbiter in the past and reflect that same art that that hole in the chest no no
5: he was the he was the original one and then that new one was made Uh, But then rendered dormant. And so another Arbiter had to be created. uh, And that Arbiter, the newest one, is actually Pelagos, our priest legendary. Who was originally a Kyrian, but ended up uh, becoming the new Arbiter in order to give all the souls their fair judgment. Uh, and still is arbiter, I take it. Well, yes, uh, because he 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 only just got the job at the end of the expansion. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, so hopefully n- n- yeah. no chest hole, no chest hole. Nope, <laughs> all the anima. Yep, he had, he never had anything <laughs> ripped out of him. Nope, the jailer was the only one with a chest hole. Cool. <laughs> no further questions. Let's just check. Is there anything anyone in the chat wants to know?
3: I I, I didn't think that the. The the chest hole made them particularly holy, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no, no, it's it's actually uh, the signifying of uh, severely lacking something. Right. Um, all right, I guess uh, I guess that wraps up story time for today. Um, Yay. Uh, any last things? uh time for uh yield the floor back to nate now any predictions
2: on what's coming next for hearthstone i've heard Uh, i've heard rumors of death knights coming do you think that that may be a thing or do you think that this new dragonflight will have any influence on future sets or just based on like so i will say like with this current shadowlands storytelling and lore like that's pretty recent in Mm -hmm. world of warcraft where a lot of our older expansions are 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 from a long time ago and so i'd just be curious with the way that that story is going do you think that that will have an influence on the hearthstone sets coming out
1: i
5: don't think i think that this was more of an anomaly and they i think they they wanted to latch on to the popularity and unique aesthetic of Uh, Revendreth and Castle Nathria and such. Uh, You know, it allowed for ideas like, you know, infused mechanics. And like there there were a lot of cool things they could do with that. I think they didn't choose it, as far as I'm aware, because it was the latest thing in the story. That's not really how Hearthstone rolls. Um, So I doubt, especially since we've already had a very dragon-focused expansion with Descent of Dragons, I doubt that uh, the Dragonflight coming out will have an impact. It's always possible that there could be a character who is being showcased in the expansion, whether new or old, who finds their way into being a legendary, slotted in somehow. But um, I'm pretty sure they'll probably go back to basics. This is kind of tough because as far as i'm aware uh, correct me if i'm wrong but at the start of this year they didn't release the typical prediction art did they i don't think think so so? i don't remember to google uh, most years they've had like tiny little you know pictures to give
1: hints. yeah that show the the if i had anything to look
5: at i could hazard some guesses but as far as I'm aware, we were not given any uh, fuel for theories. Um, so I think there was something I have to find. Now, I can make guesses based off of uh, the concept of Death Knights, if you like, because there is a few well, potential things that we could have based off of that, if it turns out to actually be true.
0: They also said that this was going to be a larger than normal expansion. Interesting. So- yes which that's kind of what led me to believe that's would be a new class coming in because they said it's larger than normal
5: expansion that would be interesting because i i would think that when they would introduce new classes it would be in the same vein as demon hunters where you're having them at the start of a new hearthstone year you would Um, think but they've only done it once that's I guess, not a binding precedent. Uh, and if they think that it's a good idea for the meta to introduce a whole new class at the end of Hearthstone year, uh, I, you guys are more fit to comment on that than I, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so let's see. The thing is, we, we've already had a lot of stuff with uh, Northrend. Uh, we have, mm-hmm. obviously, the Frozen Throne, which is where the the Death Knights initially you know, came from as hero cards and we have uh, dragon's descent we mentioned earlier that's also set in northrend so there's a lot of the, uh, the the snowy stuff there um but i can see a couple uh possibilities uh depending on how how centrally the death knight class would be centered um we could focus on areas like the plague lands um areas from the Eastern Kingdom's area where the Scourge was initially uh, running around as most powerful and still is a place where you can fight some uh, Scourge remnants just kind of running around without a uh, lich to control them uh, in the game today. And uh, so places like that, uh, maybe things like uh, Stratholme, um, or uh, c- could maybe focus on the areas like uh, Ocarus, which is actually Uh, a necropolis like Naxxramas that is the headquarters of uh, the Death Knight class. Uh, So if you play a Death Knight, you go through this uh, storyline where you break free of the Lich King's control and you basically have this huge flame Necropolis as your mobile base and such. Uh, That's something that they could potentially uh, bring in. Um, But something that I think would be really cool, and this wouldn't be centered so much on Death Knights, but it takes place in Northrend, so it could work out, is, um, let's see, Ultimate. I believe is right? the, oh, there's a mm. lot of Titan facilities that start with "ol" and it's easy to get them mixed up. So just let me have a quick check that I am uh, doing the right one. Like the keepers of, or keeper
3: of Oldamund,
5: right? Uh, yes. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. No, this one is Ulduar. Uh So like I said, uh, <laughs> a lot of them are very similar. It's kind of like how uh, Trolls, Name every capital city they have Zul something because Zul literally means city in the troll language. So all like all the Titan cities start with Ool. Like there's Uldir. Uh, it Uzzavar, explains a lot. Udaman. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so basically, yeah. Uh, as she mentioned, the keepers. This is something that Hearthstone hasn't really focused uh, much on yet, uh, with the exception of that one raw card from the Mogu Cultists. And mm-hmm. this is where a lot of those kind of like Norse pantheon rip-off characters that I mentioned before. And there's a lot of them. There's Loken, there's Thorin, there's Freya, and uh, just like a whole bunch uh, that uh, are basically uh, Titanforged versions named after Norse gods because this is in a snowy area, it's in Northrend. And this is the thing with a big story with Yogg-Saron. And uh, it's actually the origin place of... The gnomes, and the dwarves, and the Tol'vir, and the Vicruel, which are the ancestors of humans. And basically, there is a lot in this place. And it is in Northrin, and it came out during the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. So while it's not directly connected with Death Knights thematically, it could theoretically be appropriate, and I guess I could say it's something on my wish list. Right up there with uh, Pandaria, I suppose. And a Burning Legion expansion. I think those are probably the three things that I most want to see. Um honestly, I would but I would personally want for Monk to come out as a new Hearthstone class before Death Knights, because we've already gotten a taste of Death Knights. And uh I yeah, it would go hand in hand with the Pandaria expansion. And I would really like that. But um those are just some of my thoughts. Again, like not not very much to work with here, but if the Death Knights concept is true, and if the size thing is true, then th- th- those are some uh, possibilities. We can't really retread uh, the Lich King stuff very much, uh, but we can focus on like the Knights of the Ebon Blade, the free will Death Knights, uh, maybe even some uh, conflict they have with... Uh, other entities, either undead or who fight against undead, like uh, the Scarlet Crusade, is a big thing. A lot of them have to deal with the kind of uh, undead hating to a radical degree. Um, could be some stuff maybe in the Undercity, because uh, that's where all the Forsaken live. But again, we just had Sylvanas as a card here, so I doubt we'll get another Sylvanas so soon. It's like there's different directions we can go in. But uh, that's about all I can theorize with uh, this many clues. Um, We probably have to call in Murloc Holmes for better
1: deductions.
0: (laughs) Ah. Do you remember? I think it might have been XR who tweeted, Oh, what would you guys prefer? Monk or uh, Death Knight? And then he said, by the way, neither are actually in development. Does that mean it's something else? Mm. Eh, Hmm. just just, okay. mm, mm, It could be that they're already
3: developed. Uh-huh. You know, uh, okay. Tinfoil hat. That's In, all. Okay. If we go with
5: that, <laughs> I will say allow for one brief crazy indulgence here. Going back to that area, we were saying that probably the Dragonflight will not have an impact on this. Mm-hmm. Dragonflight is having a brand new class as a part of the expansion. Oh, it's actually a race class combo. It's called an evoker. You're playing as these uh, humanoid dragon people that were actually created by Nefarian uh, uh, as an experiment called Drakthir, And it's a new playable race. And they're also the only race that can be this new class called Invoker, which is all about uh, dragon abilities from the different flights. So you have like healing abilities from the red and green dragon flights or power of the earth from the black dragon flight and power of time from the bronze and uh, so forth and um sounds awesome yeah that's really cool (laughs) i am uh planning right uh on uh, as as soon as the pre-patch comes out i'm gonna make a new warcraft main uh because i really want to make a black dragon i just think that you you can basically that they can change their shapes they can either be like a dragon person or like just like a human with horns and wings and stuff so
2: don't stand in the black dragon fire
5: (laughs) (laughs) Let's say I I'm I'm addicted to character creators in video games, and so I'm very much looking forward to playing around and creating someone uh for that. Probably someone who looks maybe a little like Rathian is what I'm thinking because I really cool. like Rathian. Um so if this would be like a new class, that was not monk or death knight, unless Hearthstone is completely going off the rails and literally creating their own class that has never existed in Warcraft, which i would not pass them yeah. uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> honestly um it is very much its own thing now uh just informed by warcraft um but it could be that that is another option as a class that designs not exist in zone and is not a death knight or a monk that'd be so fun that's there's that for you I enjoy, you can chew on that <laughs> very cool well i like it
2: I it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially with Ixar no longer at the helm. Although I guess whatever they've done is already done at this point. I imagine they're probably oh, yeah. putting yeah. The final I mean, they may see these the, things
5: a couple like a year or yeah. so in advance, right?
2: Oh yeah, it'll be in like final testing or whatever. Right now, they can make any final tweaks or whatever it
5: is. But uh, at the very least, art takes a long time to draw, so they well, have to commission all many the many times, artists.
2: right? That we have these like placeholder. uh, artworks or temp cards mm-hmm. <laughs> the temp card back that we have seen a couple of times recently <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well super fun goliath thank you so much for coming back and sharing the stories with us and All i right, know it's really sure difficult has. to take up uh,
0: back oh sir
2: <laughs> absolutely and it's very difficult i think to take a you know 10 20 hour story and condense it into an hour and a half um it's just uh there's so much to unpack i mean you could
5: tell the story of sylvanas just for hours and hours and hours so. i could if we were to go into every mm-hmm. d- if you read the wow wiki page on her it took me at least an hour to get through those are just that's just summarizing everything very cool
3: well Th- uh, this, even like a a whole just straight up book on mm-hmm. Sylvanas too, That's the newest so. <laughs> one that came out yeah. that I
5: read the excerpts from.
3: Oh, and it's by Christy Golden, so I bet it's oh, incredible. Good.
2: And I yeah. I think uh I'm happy that she's not like done, you know that they're doing kind of a redemption arc and I imagine she'll she'll, you know, uh, be kind of there with anduin like on the shelf for a little while and they can take her back
5: down when when something uh fun happens she yeah seems anduin like a actually character he actually feels kind of a strange uh comradeship with her in a sense like even though she's the one who did all this stuff to him because like uh he actually went to her like visit her and she's on duty in the maw and is like so i'm not feeling the greatest right now what are your thoughts on how to deal with this so like that, that, there's still a connection there, uh, that at least uh, a shared pain that they mm. could maybe try to help each other with a little bit every so often. Very cool. All
2: right, friends. Well, I, I uh, as much as I would like to talk all night, uh, <laughs> we're we're at uh, past the two hour point, so we should probably um, start start wrapping things up. But but I would be remiss if I um, didn't get a little friendly advice from y'all.
1: And now- <clears throat> unrelated with nate wolf this
2: this is this is primarily for for sheep i think but hydra you may be able to help to Goliath i don't know quite so much but here's my my silly question for you i have not shaved in the better part of four years and all of a sudden find myself shaving like every single day and uh in in this new role and my my poor face is not used to it. Uh, how can I, mm. what What do I do to to not get like razor burn and have the, the, the hair grow back and like get, get ingrown hairs and stuff? Like I'm not used to it at all.
0: What are you like, using is my first question.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like a,
2: a razor with a, you know, a disposable blade, but it's a good one. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know a Gillette or whatever. One of those fancy ones with like three blades or however many they're using now.
3: Uh, so you have to get one with 16 <laughs> blades. <laughs> And and you you have to use the the shaving cream that that like is actually just uh, hair wax. I mean it's <laughs> just get, like, uh, yeah. laser hair removal. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, it... I, I am not suited to answer this no, question <laughs> at yeah. all. I, although I, I I do need to trim up a little bit. My my beard grows a little unevenly, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no I I. I I have a bit of a baby face underneath all this, and I like having a longer beard to make myself feel a bit more uh, professional and grown up and that I'm someone that I can take seriously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I I have not been clean-shaven in I don't know how many years at this point. At least uh, <laughs> six to eight at this point, I'd say. Wow. Um, but I, I, I do not... You, you do have to always do a bit of the... Uh, the, the touch-ups, like, you know, hair isn't mm-hmm. supposed to grow everywhere. And I'd say, for, for me at least, I use the electric uh, razors. That's uh, what my dad instructed me to use. It's basically just kind of have ones that you have in the lowest setting to just get it down to the basic stubble. And then you have ones that kind of do like a, a close um, a rotating blade type of thing. And they have the angle so you can get around the chin and all that stuff. Um, it is handy sometimes if I need to uh, do some touch-ups around the edges or prevent from getting the stereotypical gamer neck beard. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it, that would be my advice, such as I can give, is if the, if the straight razors and the shaving cream is, it, uh, is leaving your face a bit sore, maybe try switching to electric and see if it improves anything. It, it also might just be your face needing to adjust to something that it's and- not used to. And, and that's what
3: it is more more than anything else, because uh, you know I've I've randomly had you know facial hair and not, and whenever you make a, a, a change to it, it really is just kind of an adjustment period because your your face isn't used to having that 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 thing going on. Um, nope. So whatever it is that you do, it's just continue doing it and be consistent um because your face adapting to what you do is kind of r- really the biggest thing there
0: now, I've, I've got a question did you say sheep would be the best to answer it because sheeps always get shaved
4: <laughs> <Sheared>?
3: <laughs> um, we, we call it sheared thank you
0: <laughs> um, oh, in, it, in all honesty um uh, i used to use the uh like gillette you know Mach 3 whatever like disposable razors in the past and I used to have issues like that but about a year and a half ago I switched to a safety razor if you know what that is it's like single it's like a stainless steel razor you keep it at all times that is the one you have you don't throw it in the garbage and it's a single blade that's replaceable it's a little thing you st- little uh thread at the bottom you unthread it you put the new blade in that thing and an old school you know like the brush with a giant puck Uh um, of the shaving cream that is what i use i am an old man i'm using like something my grandfather would use the the puck that you use and you lather it up and put it on your face and use that safety razor i haven't had a rash or like ingrown hairs using that thing since yeah, since I upgraded, there was a bit of an investment buying the razor in the first place, but then afterwards, the it's a single disposable like uh, razor blade. Reason. Yeah, yeah, and hmm. it's been perfect ever since. Yeah. So, so Nate, just pace.
5: clarifying questions: You say is this like s- something related to your new job, where there you have to shave, or is it just a personal choice for no. you? Well, I. Uh, it's just a
2: personal choice, I suppose, but going through like that interview process, the thought was to be more clean cut, you know, for, for the time being. And uh,
0: throw back later once you've been there a few months. Shh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> next
2: time, I, yeah, next time there's like a like I take a week off for vacation, I'll come back. And the problem is, it's all growing in like gray, it's very salt and pepper now. It's so, oh, I it's, always
5: enjoyed your salt and pepper beer. Oh,
2: thank you because it's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> it, it's so weird because, like, by like, I'll, I'll shave first thing in the morning, and by the end of the day, you know, it's like sandpaper, but it's like, okay, I can go a day without shaving, I don't have to shave every single day, but by the end of day two, it's like super noticeable. And so it's somewhere in between, like somewhere on that second day. And so I'm like trying to debate, do I shave every day? Do I shave every other day? Do I not shave on the weekend? Like, I I never enjoyed it. And that's how I grew the beard in the first place was like, forget this. I'm not doing it. And then it just grew. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I I am going to be in a place that's uh, significantly more conservative than I'm in right now that's vague enough for you all but uh it's, so I'll, I'll i'll keep it clean shave for a while at least and check out the safety razor yeah man i'll check it out well you heard it here folks wiser words were never spoken and you heard that on
1: more to be
2: wild, wild.